0: Hey Jeff, it's good to be back.
1: Yeah, it's uh, really exciting to see that a lot of our viewers are enjoying our discussion so far. So hopefully you'll be able to. Uh, hopefully you'll find this useful. It's promising. Let's keep that
0: growth mindset going. So <laughs> this week we got a pretty pertinent topic again: tech monopolies. So why I say this pertinent is because Microsoft just announced it's buying um, the voice assistant company Nuance. For I think about 24 or 26 billion dollars, uh, which is a big deal. But we can touch on that particular topic at a later time. But, um, you know, Jeff, in general, what do you think about the whole debate on monopolies in, in in tech
1: in America today, or even not in America, in the whole world, if you want? Yeah, Derry, I think the example that most people would think of first is, you know, definitely Amazon uh, from a, from a, tech monopoly perspective right they've done so much in like squeezing smaller companies out of business um or third-party sellers or you know though they'll call them like internal competitors but whatever it is right everyone else is dependent on using amazon's platform um so as a result they have all the the leverage in you know in that situation so you know when it comes to tech monopolies the, the question is like is that fair um and to a lot of people like you know i don't think we're all really all that sure. We don't know what Amazon or Apple or Google is doing behind the scenes. Um, But that's kind of the conversation I think we'll uh, dive a little bit deeper into today.
0: Yeah, I I think Amazon is probably the closest, I say, out of the um, companies that are under scrutiny. So I think Apple, Amazon, Google, and Facebook um, to being like very clearly and traditionally, I don't know whether it's antitrust, but at least very anti-competitive, you know, um, like you said, they offer, they, they do a lot of anti-competitive things. They offer Amazon products that are copies of third-party products uh, that are a yeah. lot cheaper. So they under undercut the, uh, the competition. Right. And I think another classic example is back in the day, they wanted to buy diapers.com, but diaper wouldn't sell to them. So what they did is just completely drive the diapers on amazon.com to dirt cheap levels to basically push out diapers.com right and I think at the end of the day diapers.com had to either sell or become bankrupt that's a that's a little case study of, of Amazon being a not so friendly competitor in this space uh, but I think what's interesting about the antitrust cases coming up uh, lately is that tech works in a completely fund or you know fundamentally different way than what we traditionally think of in terms of monopolies right Mm-hmm. So let's take AT&T for example, or Standard Oil. You know they owned physical assets that 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 translated to to large monopolies. You know Standard Oil owned most of the oil infrastructure in the U.S. at the time. AT&T owned most of the telecommunications infrastructure at the time. So they control supply. But for companies like Google and Facebook, they're digital, right? There's no. Uh, you know option barring you from using alternative products like no one's stopping you from using bing you choose to go to google right no one's stopping you from using other uh, social media you know you could use myspace if you want to you just choose not to i mean i guess you can make an argument that social networks and the network effect effectively push people onto dominant social networks but you know you have the freedom of choice as a consumer for these digital technologies. So it's very hard to bring up old laws to apply to the new. And I think that's where a lot of the difficulties in prosecuting these companies that come from, right? It's very hard to make a case against them in the traditional anti-competitive sense or antitrust sense.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, like in this diapers.com example, I think that's why they, this is the you know case that everyone looks at most because it's most it's more traditional, right? It's more concrete. So we can actually see exactly what's happening. Um, Whereas when you talk about like Apple, you know, manipulating its app store, right? That's like, that's like a whole different problem. You know, we've never, we've never seen anything like that before. Um, So, you know, what's, really interesting uh, with diapers.com is the the founders actually went on to found jetcom or I think just jet uh, which you know later became Walmart e-commerce which is kind of funny how that turned out
0: yeah well you know successful <laughs> uh, <laughs> entrepreneurs go on to create even
1: more successful companies I guess yeah um, but they you know they did end up having to sell to Amazon uh, in I don't know early 2000s because of uh, Amazon driving them out of business, which is pretty crazy. Yeah. So, it, you know, a lot of these companies do
0: do a lot of very anti-competitive things. But why I brought up the Microsoft case in the beginning is because it's very surprising to me how much Microsoft has flown under the radar in these recent talks of anti-competition. I, you know, I listed the big four that the government's looking at. Um, but Microsoft's not in there, even though I would say arguably they're very anti-competitive. I'll bring up the classic case, which is Slack, right? So when Microsoft Mm Teams, uh, Microsoft came out with Microsoft Teams, they bundled Microsoft Teams with their other Office products, uh, which effectively drove the price of Teams down um, to zero. And they just said, we're going to give this away for free for anyone who has Office so far, right? And this completely crowded out Slack as a competitor, even though Slack arguably is a better product. And this is forced Slack to eventually sell to Salesforce and all the market share issues there. So, you know, Microsoft does a lot of things like this and they've been doing acquisitions like crazy since Satya Nadella took over. I mean, you think about LinkedIn, GitHub. um, I think they bought a few gaming studios like ZeniMax. They're even in talks of buying Discord. And now they have another $20 billion deal. (laughs) Um, All cash, actually. That's how rich they are. It, it, it's, it's, it's insane. And I, you know, I, I think there's a few reasons why, you know, it, Microsoft uh, did get hit by antitrust uh, back when Bill Gates was CEO in the early 2000s, um, I believe. Right. So it, it could be that the government thinks you know, it's a little too, too soon to hit them with the antitrust again, <laughs> or, you know, Microsoft has a lot of uh, plausible deniability in terms of monopoly in all its products right you know teams is crushing slack but you can say you can still say slack is a legitimate competitor in the office productivity suite you got google workspace although i i still argue microsoft office is doing a lot better in cloud infrastructure you got aws and google as well right mm-hmm. and then i think the other thing is that if you notice the four companies i mentioned earlier that's being hit with antitrust they're all consumer facing companies too Microsoft is a mostly enterprise company. They they sell to other companies, which flies under a lot of people's radar and especially the media's radar. Yeah,
1: definitely. Um,
0: so it, it, it's very interesting how they've been able to get away with all this, uh, I guess, discussion, uh, yet still remain a, what is it? They're like a $1.3 trillion company now, maybe even more, so... It, it, yeah, I, I think it's interesting.
1: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Thanks for uh, giving us your perspective on why Microsoft's kind of been flying under the radar. Uh, <laughs> they also attempted to buy a TikTok uh, a few months ago, um, which which would have been insane. Um, yeah, so that was interesting as well. So you know, with with all this talk about the you know European Union having bringing on fines, um, and then there was like a House subcommittee. Rep- uh, late last year. You know, what do you think is the future for a lot of these larger companies? Um, you know, so far, we, ha- I would say we haven't seen too much. Um, but, you know, under, you know, Biden administration and, and, you know, in the near future, what do you think will happen? Yeah, I mean, I think it's
0: very hard to break up these companies like you would, again, you know, an AT&T or a Standard Oil because yeah. you can't separate you know digital infrastructure or digital assets for these companies right like ATNT you can literally geographically carve out hey look Southeast United States will be this company Northeast will be that company but with Google what are you gonna do you're gonna you're gonna carve out waymo from the larger alphabet company like that's not gonna work um, and in fact I would say Google largely subsidizes a lot of those new ventures so you can even say from a research standpoint, um, it's actually a good thing that Google is a or Alphabet is an entire company, right?
1: Yeah, it's a very valid um, argument there. Yeah,
0: but you can't split up Google search engine. Like you can't have like a search engine northeast and a search engine northwest. <laughs> it's the same with Amazon. You know, you can't split up Amazon Marketplace into multiple marketplaces because that's not how the internet works. You know, you, you can argue that maybe you split AWS from um, Amazon Marketplace, mm. but yeah, yeah. You know that, that that's also a shame against the consumer, because there's an argument that that uh, because of Amazon's profits in cloud infrastructure, they've been able to drive a lot of these low prices on, and, and and great service um, on on their consumer side, right? So you know I, I think an issue is that monopolies, by definition, uh, traditionally have meant that a company has so much control over the supply of a product that they can arbitrarily drive up prices that adversely affect the consumer. But the issue is for most of these companies that we mentioned, consumer reviews have been pretty positive. No one can say that Google doesn't, you know, affect their lives for better. Same thing, Hmm, you know, Amazon, aside from a lot of like the worker conditions and whatnot, you can say that a lot of people love Amazon. And if anything, you know, Amazon has been a saving grace in the pandemic with uh, getting supplies to people, and and then you know you can see the same with Facebook. We we all love to rail on social media, but at the end of the day, what are you going to do without Facebook, Instagram, WhatsApp, and and a, and a plethora of other apps, right? So, yeah. it's it's um, it's a completely different ball game, and I'm not sure the U.S. government, as it is, is capable of handling it. Again, referencing the debacles of uh hearings that we've had in the past (laughs) two or three years it's just it's a joke these these senators and representatives are 60 to 80 years old they still think technology is like edison's light bulb so it's uh you're you're not going to get anywhere with that when they don't
1: even know how the internet works you know i think from a uh you know functional point of view you know it's it's definitely possible to break up some of these larger conglomerates um, on the basis of like, Oh, well, you know, Amazon, you know, Amazon web services is distinct from amazon.com. And although, you know, the current or the, you know, the next CEO of, of Amazon is an entity, you know, was the the, one of the leading founders of AWS. Right. But at the end of the day, they're, they're distinct enough services um, that it's, possible to break them up. And I think that's that's um, what a lot of progressives and, you know, I think Elizabeth Warren is probably the person that people talk about most uh, in reference to breaking up companies like Amazon. Um, but, you know, let's some of the really compelling arguments, right, that Amazon makes people's lives better during the pandemic. Uh, I, you know, while, while it's not it's like a difficult argument to buy, right? But at the same time, like, oh well, people need cheap things delivered to to them, right? Um, and sometimes, like the Amazon Basics, you know, offering, you know, while it can be anti-competitive as a way to like cut out other third-party sellers, it is better for the consumer at the moment. Um, but maybe that's just how monopolies work, right? Traditional monopolies, um, you know, they they lower the prices so. So once they cut out the other uh, competitors, then it becomes a bit easier for them to uh, gain market share. So, you know, I I do see the argument that like Amazon brings value in the sense that it offers like all of these goods and services and, you know, two day delivery and it's so much better for people. Um, But it's, you know, it's just really hard to say, right? Like, is it reasonable to break them up? Um, And (laughs) maybe we need to get more educated on this as well and pass that on to our uh, local representatives.
0: Yeah. And I, I think again, the, the issue with digital infrastructure is that, you know, at competition between marketplaces don't necessarily mean that it isn't always necessarily a good thing. I mean, when you go to the internet to buy something, you as a consumer would actually rather go to an aggregator like Amazon. Um, yeah, for sure to, to get all your stuff then go to a hundred distinct websites to buy something right,
1: right. Um,
0: and it's it, it, it's not exactly like a common good either where you know if I go to shell or BP or mobile to get gas it doesn't really make a difference for me same thing with telecommunications I, I don't really care what I have ATNT or Verizon um, but it's a vastly different experience buying from amazon versus buying from other marketplaces and you know I, yeah. I, I i do think there are challengers to the amazon business model i mean if you look at just like shopify for example right um they've been empowering uh business owners to to set up uh digital online shops a lot more easily than before and then you right. also
1: have uh, <laughs> gonna, you know even if Oh, I was going to say, like, even if you've set up your own site, right, it's like you're very likely also going to want some sort of use of Amazon Marketplace just because, like, that's where other people go. You know, it's just like because Amazon is both the platform and also the seller, right, it's, it's very hard to outcompete something like that.
0: Yeah, that's true. That That's why I was going to give the example of, I think there are uh, niche ag- aggregators out there now. Um, mm-hmm. For example, Mr. Porter or Farfetch for clothes, right? I, right? I think one complaint people have about Amazon is that it's somewhere you go to get basic things, but not luxury goods, for example. Amazon yeah. can sell Rolexes, but no one's going to buy a Rolex from Amazon. So that's why <laughs> you have aggregating sites that just sell watches online, for example. That's a market that it's going to be hard for Amazon to tap into unless they just start buying out luxury retailers as well. Um, yeah. But, you know, so Amazon, maybe you can make the case that separating out their consumer division versus AWS could be possible, right? But then, you know, for Google or Alphabet, for example, is that actually a good thing? Because yeah. I made the case that their Google division, their search engine revenue subsidizes a lot of these more research-oriented divisions like DeepMind and Waymo and Calico and so on and so forth, right? They could be doing a lot of uh, very interesting research. DeepMind especially is, is probably super ahead in AI. Without Google, DeepMind wouldn't survive as a company. I mean, I'm sure if Google got broken up, they might just get sold to another Um, another investor, but, but still like it's uh, it's good that Google subsidizes these research efforts. Right.
1: Yeah. I mean, you could also make the argument that, you know, because AWS is so so successful, you know, that revenue is used productively elsewhere, you know, in the company. I I think it's, it's all one similar argument, I think at the end of the day Um, and uh, you know, our, government and lawmakers if they're not able to like disprove that right there's there's not much they can do then
0: yeah i mean that's why i think they've been hitting on a lot of more anti-competitive cases um, than an anti-trust argument as a whole like for google they say like oh you know you paid apple 30 billion dollars to uh default their search engine to google right
1: Mm -hmm. i think
0: that maybe is a bad thing to do because uh, it, it gives this perception of um, a, a default choice, but you know, know how I say choice because you as a consumer still have the ability to default your search engine to something else.
1: <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, so- I mean, definitely. You know, my <laughs> I'm thinking about my uh, Samsung phone and the Samsung browser that they offer. And how you know they're like oh you should use this instead of downloading google chrome you know
0: <laughs> yeah so you know the, the 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 issue is if we're going to use an older metaphor is that it's not that standard oil has all the gas stations in america now it's it's just that they have a shinier sign beside a smaller gas station right so mm-hmm. you have a choice but most people just default to the one that they know and is the biggest. So you, you know, it's, 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 it's a harder argument to make for antitrust now because these companies aren't exactly controlling price, right? And how does Google and Facebook make, make most of their money? It's from ad revenue, which yeah. is based on a auction system to, to place those ads. So you, you can argue like, that's like a completely automated thing. They're not exactly price fixing, right? It's based on demand. You right. as a ad buyer can set the amount that you're willing to pay for that ad. So again, like I think this complicates using old laws to prosecute new issues. <laughs> I, I agree that it's concerning. These companies are so big and so powerful. Again, it's, it's, it's insane that Microsoft is able to execute a more than $20 billion deal with all cash. That's how much money they just have on hand. But I'm not positive on how exactly you want to address this issue, because yeah. just you know, the few points that we brought up is that one, more or less these companies are still benefiting the consumer at the end of the day, which is very different from monopolies um, 100 years ago. And then two, you know, they're, 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 there's no easy way to break up these companies even if you have the green light to do so. So, and each company is so different from each other. So how do you go about doing that as well?
1: Yeah, I, I, I would say I don't buy those two arguments as much as you do. Um, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I think there, there are like clear ways to break up a lot of these companies, but you know, you're right, they are different and we're going to need people to do some serious due diligence to figure out how to do this. Um, I think the thing that concerns me personally the most is how like a lot of these platforms you could say are also like uh, the word I'm going to use here is sellers, right? Like Amazon has the amazon.com platform, but they sell a lot of things on Amazon or like Apple, you know, has an app store, but they back a lot of, uh, a lot of apps that they're going to like, you know, float to the top of your search. Right. Or, you know, anything you were, you're Googling, right. You've got Google related things that are bubbling to the surface. Um, and that, you know, I think at the end of the day, like we, we so we have a choice, right. But I'm not going to, you know, go on the third search page of Google to find something right. That's just like, not, not how the world works. And because of that, like because of the the platform and the content or service provider being the same piece, uh um, you are kind of robbed of that choice. You know, I think the cost here is time, right? Um, but sometimes that's just, that's enough, right? Like you're not gonna go onto the, the next page of Google. You're not gonna scroll all the way down to find another app that does the same thing, right? If, if they're, you know, if Apple like picks the one that makes the most sense and they all do the same thing anyways, right? Um, or at least like that's, that's what the consumer sees. So I think like at the end of the day, even though they're not necessarily manipulating price or they are manipulating like accessibility, uh, which often has the same effect for, for at the end of the day.
0: Yeah, I, I think that's a good argument. Um, but that, again, is an anti-competition issue instead of antitrust in that you could pass mm-hmm. a law saying or just a hearing saying that Google, you can't do this and Apple, you can't do this anymore. And they'll stop doing it. And then you somewhat fix the issues that you mentioned without breaking the companies up. Um, yeah. So I, I I think what I'm saying is that the government is handling this in a completely uh, wrong lens in that their first reaction is to prosecute these companies in the same way you would for a, a, a monopoly 100 years ago when that's not the case. It's about restricting the actions that these companies can take to be less anti-competitive to... It's It's potential competitors, right? Um, another side of this could be, you know, you 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 stop them from doing certain types of MA. and um, You can arguably say, you know, Facebook <laughs> shouldn't have you shouldn't have allowed Facebook to buy WhatsApp or Instagram um, back in the day. But even those are hard because Facebook had the high, uh, you know, foresight of buying a great company like Instagram. Um, but when you look at news during the time that that they made the acquisition people were like oh well they they paid way too much for the company right so yeah <laughs> who, who, who's the smart and dumb one here you can arguably say it was facebook who knew what they were doing versus the the the, the authorities that were just like oh well doesn't doesn't look sketchy to me
1: <laughs> right i think that's like a matter of like um imbalance of information there, right? Like, these companies have data on how their algorithms do things. They have data on, like, how, how users act, how, you know, because they're, they're made of so many different pieces, right? They've gathered all this, all this information, essentially. Um, and, you know, the government, you know, people, like, we don't have access to information. I'm like, oh, how do they come up with suggestions? How do they do rankings, right? Uh, anything like that and any of the data they're using to make these kinds of decisions. So I think it'd be really interesting. Uh, And I'm not, I'm not really sure where the U S government stands on this. Right. But if companies were like uh, you know, if they didn't publish like details about what advertisers they had or what, how their algorithms worked, you know, they would suffer some fines. I think that would be an interesting way for auditors and other folks to like you know, help us make these decisions because, like you're saying, right at the time, we didn't know anything about the WhatsApp deal. Like, you know, if people thought it was a bad deal, it's because they didn't—they didn't have the same information that Facebook did. Um, so, I think leveling out that playing field could be could be helpful. Yeah, potentially, but I—I—I'd
0: say you know, for any company making acquisition, you could make the case that they'd be the uh, experts in class for whatever acquisition they'd be making, right? If Exxon mm-hmm. Mobil wants to buy out a smaller energy company because they want to pursue more renewables, um, and then this turns out to be an antitrust in 20 years, you can in hindsight say, well, Exxon out of all companies will be equipped with the data and the know-how to, to make that decision versus others. Um, so what separates a bad acquisition from a good acquisition? Because a lot of these tech companies we think they're data gods, but they make bad acquisitions all the time, too.
1: Yeah. Instagram just turned out to pan out really well. So, you know, it, 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 well, it's like survivorship bias, right? Now we're thinking of the, the ones that worked. It, it, exactly. But, but that's a great argument
0: against the, 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 the counter argument against the argument that Facebook uh, inevitably would have bought Instagram because of the data that they mm-hmm. have.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, this topic is just so interesting because it's, uh, you know, these large tech monopolies, they've got so many problems in general, you know, uh, m- I would say Microsoft aside because they're not consumer facing. Right. But they're in the news all the time because of like uh, manipulation of platforms, you know, bots influencing elections or hate speech and all this like other stuff going on that like it's it's very much like in the public conscious consciousness. Uh, so I think it's good that we're having this discussion.
0: A hundred percent. And I I think this is a discussion that we could both talk hours on about because it's so broad <laughs> and so confusing, but I, I, I think for today, um, this was a good heated debate that we've had. Um, it, it was great hearing your viewpoints on this as well.
1: Yeah. I mean, uh, in college, I was like uh, a friend and I were like, oh, we're going to start a social media platform and somehow we're going to be, you know, Better or less manipulative than everyone else and the more time you put into it the more we're like oh there's no way we're gonna get any traction <laughs> right you've gotta use your data in a, in in some sort of way um uh, so it's just it's a, it's a, it's a problem we've been thinking about for a long time so it's it's great to talk about talk more about it
0: yeah it's it's hard it's the name of the game to just <laughs>
1: abuse data
0: rights um but yeah uh, great discussion and looking forward to our next talk.
1: Yeah. Talk soon. See ya.